it's been tough. And to say, you know, like you said, if somebody said they're, they've never failed, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't, I can't sit here and lie, but um, yeah. my attitude hasn't always been good, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been seasons and times where it's been frustrating mm-hmm. and ready to throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is okay. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel a little bit stuck? Then coaching may be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship that's totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life, want to start seeing results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to paulferrandby.com or at IamIncredible on all my socials. Click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the best version of yourself. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredipal Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host, Paul Ferrandi. Hello, it's Paul Ferrandi, and welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today, I have the honor of having Ryan on my podcast. He's a man of many different talents. So, Ryan, how about you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, as you heard, my name is Ryan Himmel. Um, man, many talents. That's a that's a stretch. I I, <laughs> I do some things, but um, one of them, uh, I'm an author. Well, first and foremost, I'm a Christ follower. Uh, I'm an author. I'm a realtor. I manage a restaurant, and I'm a musician as well, and an entertainer. So yeah, there's a, there's a few things in there, but yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's that's most of my my stuff there. <laughs> yeah, that that's a lot of stuff. So, uh, which one of those things did you start doing first? Start doing first would be entertainment. Entertainment. That, that would be the first one, and more specifically, juggling. Yes. So, yeah, I learned uh, when I was 10, 10 years old. My older brother, uh, he taught me. Um, he taught me how to juggle. And then probably by 13, by the age of 13, I was um, juggling for birthday parties and just little events at churches and nice. stuff like that. And, yeah, you guys have got to see this man juggle. He is <laughs> he is a pro. He doesn't just – I know some people say they juggle and they just do, like, the three balls or something that you so tell them about some of the, the stuff that you juggle that's kind of out of ordinary oh man out of the ordinary um so i'm just gonna put a disclaimer out there i don't do chainsaws um <laughs> i know that that's the that's the big question everybody asks is as soon as they hear i can juggle it's well can you do chainsaws oh, i'm just gonna <laughs> sadly put that out there yeah oh uh, what else? We got uh, knives and wow. fire. Um, those are wow. kind of my, my big ones, my my grand finales when I when I do juggle. But yeah, nice. Those are no, nothing else out of out of that. But knives and fire, my big one. That that's pretty crazy, for sure. So that that's exciting. So you say you start when you were you're ten, and then really, so from thirteen you start performing. So over half your life you've been doing this. Yeah, 
Yeah, quite quite a long time. Um, and it's crazy too. Like I've had some good opportunities with it. Um, it's really opened a lot of doors. Um, and it's taught me a lot as well. Um, yeah. which a lot of that stuff that it's taught me, I was able to put down on paper and actually, you know, make it into a tangible form so people could actually purchase it um, yeah. with uh, my book and oh, yeah. uh, the life lessons that I learned from juggling. I could put them in that book and um, hopefully help somebody else, uh, you know, experience some of the things that I was able to. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Man, I don't think you mentioned author earlier, did you? <laughs> I I might have. It might have been like, you Real briefly, but... you just snuck it in there with everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah author, <laughs> author. I have the book right here in front of me. The sky is the limit, or is it? First of all, when did you write this book? That was, but I want to say it was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, about two thousand eighteen. Nice. Yeah, but it's a. It was a journey. It took me. I want to say about two years to write mm -hmm. um, total. And I was doing good with writing it. And then out of nowhere, I just couldn't go any further. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but there's no, I don't have any like solution to uh, writer's like, block. Writer's block. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, uh, it was tough, but I, I took my lunch breaks at the time and I would like eat my lunch really quick and just try to like type as much as I could. And, I was just going with it, and uh, then during that writer's block, it was probably like four or five months, maybe, and then out of nowhere after that, um, I picked up my computer again and just started typing again and was able to finish it, but wow. it, overall, it was I think it was about two years, but the idea really came from uh, a fear I had initially, so a fear of flying, okay. um, things, so... I know that's pretty common with a lot of people. I know a lot of people can yeah. get uneasy with uh with flying and mm -hmm. being scared of heights and whatnot, but yeah. Um I kinda consider myself a form of uh like Batman. Um, <laughs> so now let me explain. <laughs> Batman was scared of bats and he yeah. used it and he turned it to to be something good. So yeah. um that's that's kind of the same concept that I had was uh, I took something that I was scared of and that was like essentially holding me back from things mm. and I turned it to um, hopefully help other people um, grow in their walk. But every chapter in the book kind of takes you, you know, if you're listening, if you've, you know, gone on a trip, a vacation, whatever mm -hmm. on a plane, you know, there's different steps to it from when you, you know, purchase your tickets to when you, um, start packing your bags yeah. when you're sitting on the runway, just waiting for who knows how long sometimes Yeah. Oh man. Uh, all the way to the destination. So it really kind of takes you on a journey. And then also the book is designed to, um, it's a shorter uh, book. So you can, it's designed to read on a plane. So nice. that was kind of the mindset behind it is as you're flying, as you're actually experiencing the trip firsthand, mm -hmm. like in person, you can actually kind of read about it and really get that firsthand experience. That's awesome. That's really cool. No, I really like the, the Batman comparison, though. <laughs> you, you took your fear, you 
you reformatted it and you you turned to something that people could learn from right you're kind of an anti-batman because batman took his fear and made other people afraid of it too that is also true <laughs> <laughs> said everybody's afraid <laughs> yeah everyone's afraid no one can walk off the city without looking over their shoulder right <laughs> but no i know i really like that that's that's really cool and that that's that's an, uh, amazing too because you mentioned that it took you two years and that was with the four or five months of wider writer's block yeah that that's impressive for the first book I know some people might take years apart yeah yeah <laughs> it was a it was a journey I had no idea what I was doing I mean it was you know my first one I didn't know I was just typing a word document at the time mm-hmm. that's good I mean you have to start somewhere right right so what kind of spurred you to to write a book? I mean, not, that's not something that many people do. Man, it was, I think it was, at the time, you know, I wanted to uh, speak a little more. Like, my dreams kind of shifted from, um, like I said, at 10 when I started juggling, things were going well with that. And I was using, like, my physical talent, but then mm-hmm. something changed and it was like, Okay, you got a physical talent, but you also have a voice as well. So mm-hmm. find a way to use that voice. Yeah. And that's when I kind of went into speaking, you know, some classes, some mentors, all that. That's awesome. And a lot of them, what I saw was, you know, everybody had a had a book. And I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. a good way. There's people that I can reach through a book that I might not be able to reach in person or face to face. Because um, I myself have, you know, mentors that are just through books. Yeah. And I've never met them. And they're, um, you know, famous people that are my, yeah. I consider my mentor. But yeah. <laughs> I've never met them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there with you. Right, right. Yeah. So that's that's powerful. Yeah, I really believe, I'm right there with you, that mentorship is really important. And even getting mentors through books. I think a lot of people on the podcast, they might be laughing and be like, you're you've never met your mentor like how do you get a mentor through a book but i know i know exactly what you're talking about it's like those people that you really resonate with and connect with and you feel like anytime you pick up their book you just learn a lot yeah absolutely are there any key mentors or moments or even a a book that you read um, kind of at the beginning stages or maybe even the last few years that's really impacted you yeah I'll say there is a mentor um, that I think, you know, that he, uh, one thing too, he was an entertainer, Mm -hmm. um, just like me in juggling. And he was also a speaker and he was also an author. So to me, he's been down the path that I wanted to go down. Yeah. (laughs) So I did everything I could to get under his wing. I actually paid to be into a, to get connected in a program that connected me with him um, just because I mean it made sense at the Mm -hmm. time like there's no point for me to mentor with somebody who's uh I don't know trying to think of a job like a car salesman when that that (laughs) wasn't what I was doing you know at the time yeah Yeah. well that that Um, makes sense but yeah he uh he was definitely a big influence um in that process and then I guess another thing I did too is um, nobody knew about the book. Um, there was a very, I think maybe two or three people total that knew about it, like while I was doing it. Oh. And I think the the reason behind that um, was to kind of protect it, because um, mm. I think it's important of who you 
share certain things with. Yeah. Um, and I know me specifically, like if I shared it with somebody, I didn't know if I was strong enough to, like if they were to talk down on it, mm. I don't know if I was strong enough to kind of push yeah. that to the side and keep going. Yeah. Um, that was a, that was another big thing too. That was one thing the, the book was so special is because it was like not one person knew about it. Like maybe it was like two or three, eh? yeah. the exact number, but very few people. So no, that that's really, that's really cool. That's a lot of wisdom there too, because like you said, there's a lot of times you don't know the people who are going to talk down on it. And especially when you're doing the first one, writing the first book, and most people don't write books. The first thing they're probably going to say is, why Why should you write a book? Or what do you have to say that hasn't been said? And that, yeah, that's that's a lot to overcome. Yeah. So with the, your mentorship and with writing a book, is there anything that you have coming up or looking forward to that you're, you're trying to go after this year? Whether it's you're speaking or you're entertaining or... What's coming up for Ryan Hamill? Yeah. Um, so right now my big thing is real estate. Yeah. Um, so that's uh that's I'm still learning. I'm constantly learning. I'm still still in there, but that's my big thing is to really build that up. Mm-hmm. Um, to kinda to push that as much as possible. But along with that, um there is another idea for a book if you will, um, mm-hmm. that I got the idea, but it's a long-term idea. So like, okay. I need some things to, to happen. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of those things involve real estate. So, okay. Um, nice. I'm excited for it, but there's like a prerequisite of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuff that needs to happen. Have to, to line up for you to get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah. that's the big thing. I think, uh, real estate, you know, that's, that's it. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I feel like you've lived more than most people, at least more than me, because you had the the juggling part of your life. You had speaking, you had the book and write, become an author, and now you're in this part on the real estate. So I'll ask you again, how did how did you get into real estate? What what kind of drew you there? Yeah, one of my big things is that, which is funny, it's the same reason while I, while I was in juggling. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, juggling and real estate were similar reasons because of uh, um, I just enjoyed making people smile, you know, mm-hmm. making people happy. And yeah, I think before it was through a talent, and mm-hmm. now it's through people making a big decision as far as buying or selling the house. Yeah, that's uh, that's you know, making people smile. Like I want to make that process easy for them and smooth for them. And that's one thing when we bought our house, mm. it was an easy process. It was yeah. very simple and I had a smile pretty much the whole way. <laughs> um, and I want to, you know, make that for other people. Like I want to, I want to make people smile, to be honest. Oh, that's awesome. And I will say like a lot of times in real estate there, it isn't all smiles. So it's good that you had that right. experience and you're trying to give people that experience. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Definitely. There's always a a challenge, so to speak, and not just with real estate, but really with everything. Every job you have is just a mm-hmm. um, a challenge. So it's learning how to solve those challenges and uh, be that problem solvers is a, yeah. a key. 
No, that that's really key. So that's that's awesome. With the the real estate, how how long have you been doing that? Uh, about a year and a half now. Year and a half. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really cool. And uh, here's where I'm gonna switch gears switch gears a little bit for the people on the podcast because we've actually known each other for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I got, <laughs> and then recently got reconnected because uh, we grew up going to the same church. So we actually met back in kindergarten. Yeah. You can, you can believe that. Uh, went to the same uh, private school, uh, kindergarten. I was, I think I was only there. Yeah, I was there through second grade. I can't remember how long you were there. I think I was there till fourth grade. I think that's when um, that school shut down and I had moved. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I got, then I was homeschooled and I moved away. But it's just, it's just kind of funny that, uh, that we kind of, we started off, uh, knowing each other in kindergarten and now it's kind of full circle. Right. You know, it's the kind of, and so for me, it's really cool to see, like, even growing up in middle school and high school, we, well, mainly middle school where we were just hanging out, just kids not really cared about anything. Yeah. What I, I knew about your juggling back then and I know, I always wanted to see it. Everyone always wanted to see it. So it's really cool to kind of see the trans transformation to what you're doing now. Uh, so that's been awesome. Uh, what any tips you would give to someone who um, is hesitant uh, to to try something new, or may not try something new, but to go after something that they've been thinking about? Man, one. I think Nike said it best, but just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of give an example of more of a physical fear, but uh, I went ziplining um, probably like a year ago or something. Yeah. But yeah. absolutely terrified me. Um, well, I'll say this. it uh, Before I was going, it absolutely mm -hmm. terrified me. But mm -hmm. while I was there, you know, I had a blast because you were standing on a ledge that's yeah. elevated however wow. in the air and the hardest part was literally just to like step off that ledge wow um, yeah. but once i did it was i was fine like i was i was completely fine and yeah i think part of why it was so easy is because the people i was with mm. um, like we had a guide that was with us yeah and he's been down that path before so he knows what's on the other end yeah so if you don't know what's on the other end, then, you know, find somebody. Like I was saying about my mentor earlier, mm -hmm. like he's been down the path I've been. So I'm trying to get under his wing as much yeah. as possible. But, um, yeah, just dive head first into it. Because once you step off that ledge, it's just you feel free. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's that's my biggest piece of advice. What would you say in something like that? Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Just just to do it and do it afraid. I think a lot of times, like we feel like we need some motivation. We need we're waiting for the perfect moment for something to happen, but there's never going to be a, a perfect moment. And yeah. a lot of times we we're we don't do it because we're afraid of failing. But what a lot of people don't realize is that every successful person has failed. And anyone who said they've never failed has either never tried anything or has, or lied to you. Right. <laughs> so, 
uh, I think just understanding that failure is a, a part of life um, and just embracing failure and not being afraid of it and, and just yeah. seeing like, okay, even if I do fail, that there's still another day I can try something different. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one reason why I feel like I can succeed in juggling is because, you know, I've learned how to fail in a successful way mm. um, as far as like dropping, like dropping the ball literally yeah. and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm juggling on stage and I drop something, um, I've learned how to not, one, I don't get upset. Like if I'm on stage and everybody's watching me. <laughs> Um, I don't get upset. I don't yeah. like oh, stop over there, pick it back up. Like <laughs> I do it in a way that's entertaining still to the crowd. So as soon as mm-hmm. I drop something, that is now a part of my show. Like whatever, <laughs> whatever's happening at that moment, everything just changes because I dropped it. And, yeah. Um, people still love it. Like they, yeah. they find humor in it. And yeah. One thing is being able to laugh at yourself too, and laugh at some mm-hmm. of your mistakes. Like. Like, oh, like, all right, that was embarrassing or that was a, a tough fall. But, you know, I learned from it. So, Oh, that's really cool. I like how you're able to just incorporate that into your show and just keep it going. Right. So I think you kind of hinted on it, but uh, how much has your your attitude or, or frame of mind helped you in in these transitions and all the stuff you've been doing? Man, it's it's been tough. And to say, you know, like you said, if somebody said they're they've never failed, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't I can't sit here and lie. But um, yeah. my attitude hasn't always been good, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been seasons and times where it's been frustrating mm-hmm. and ready to throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is okay as long as it doesn't like sit for too long. Mm. Um, it's going to happen. Like you're going to, you're going to run into a roadblock and things are going to, you know, hinder you for a little bit. But yeah. um, I think that paints perspective a little bit too, for me, at least from my view, um, you know, when things fail yeah. and then when I'm able to get back on the horse, so to speak, it's, to me, it's a sense of accomplishment. It's like, okay, well, I got over this wall. Like, yeah. now, yeah. next time something, if it's an even bigger wall, like, I know, yeah. I know I can get over that as well. Like, there's always something that's going to be bigger and better, a <laughs> higher <laughs> wall, but um, the higher you keep climbing, the the bigger those walls are going to be. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's so true. And I, I appreciate your honesty with the attitude thing. I'm right there with you. There are days that I wake up and I feel like the sun is shining, the birds are singing, everything is lined up perfectly. I know exactly everything's coming. And there are other days I'm like, it is storming, it's flooding, nothing is going yeah. well. Uh, but I, yeah, what you hit it, I think that's so critical that it's just the discipline to keep going after you have that season because it's going to happen, but you know you know what you want to do long term and you just keep moving forward right right do you have an example of uh i guess in your line of work and you're traveling a lot like things may not always go to as planned you know especially yeah. 
when you're flying, but do you have an example of when you, like, something, you know, Teb definitely took a left turn and it wasn't supposed to? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can think of a lot of different things that happened, but uh, the one I that's top of mind right now is, like, so I, I do this stuff with Incredible, but I work for Purina full-time, but the, the first time I interviewed at Purina, it, it was a no. They're like, the they're they're like no it's it's not for me <laughs> we're gonna go a different direction and the funny i can laugh about it now but the, i thought for sure that i was gonna get the job because it was a last minute thing that they wanted me to come down there because the other two candidates were on site i was from out of town they're like okay every, they want everyone on on here they didn't tell me until like the monday of that week and was, the interview was on friday i didn't get to schedule my flight until like thursday and it was crazy so i was like if they really want me to come here they, they're not going to fly me out here and then not give me the job right <laughs> and then i i thought i killed the interview all of that and then like a week later they're like well you did good but not good enough type of thing whatever yeah. and so that was like all right god like i thought this was the one like this felt perfectly i i thought this is where i was supposed to be and then I just still, I just felt something in my, my spirit was that it's still the right company, but this isn't the right job for you. I still have something for you. And so I took that to heart. And then like a couple of months later, I stayed in contact with the recruiter on another position. And because they knew I applied, I actually talked to the, the previous recruiter, talked to this other recruiter and pretty much fast tracked my application. So like I, between when I applied and had the final interview was like, I think like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. So wow. it was yeah, super quick, but not to say that it was that easy because I had the final interview, but then there's always a wrench that comes up and they're like, okay, uh, you, they did. Cause they kind of leave things kind of ambiguous, but she almost basically said that you have the job, but they were like, there's been some restructuring. They might have to pull someone who's already internal to this position because I think either that part of business got sold off or whatever. So trying to find a place for them. So I was in a holding pattern for like, I think a month. Cause I, <laughs> where, cause there, I think it was like, it was supposed to be before Thanksgiving and then Thanksgiving happened. And I didn't find out until like the beginning of December. And they're like, finally, you got, you got the job. Oh man, yeah. So a lot, definitely a lot of twists and turns in that yeah. one. From like thinking it was gonna happen to not happening, then it happened, and then it was like, am I actually getting the job or not? <laughs> wow, that's a yeah. long, uh, that's a long waiting period. Yeah, yeah. How did? I mean, what what was your mind going towards like during just waiting? Yeah. That's a good question. I would say it's, I don't know if it's the stages of denial or what the stages were, but definitely the first week I was like, it's all good. It's going to be, they're going to call me back soon. It'll be fine. The second week I was like, okay, what what is happening? Did they forget about me? I think at that point I reached back out and they're like, okay, we're still trying to figure it out. And the third week I was like, ah. This is not gonna. Happen. This is not gonna happen. I mean, if it's taking this long, there's probably nowhere they're gonna 
give me a position. Um, but then for whatever, I just, I just kept holding on. I was like, I just felt that this, this was it. I know it was going to happen. Uh, but the last two weeks were definitely the toughest. And I just kind of put it, I just stopped thinking about it because every time I thought about it, it kind of, it made me sad because I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. So I just, I just stopped thinking about it. I was like, it's meant to be, it's going to happen. If it's not meant to be, I'll, I'll keep moving forward. So it wasn't like I didn't have a job. I had a job already, uh, but I was trying to move just towards something I wanted to do long term. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's tough. A lot of people get destroyed within the, <laughs> a waiting period. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like what you were saying. Like, every time something happens, like, it's an opportunity to, to build on it and grow and learn. So that wasn't the first time that it happened like this. This was definitely the worst. <laughs> so <laughs> it, 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 it gradually got, I had different situations, like, when I was in college, that I had like a, a co-op where it's like I I worked uh, for a company for seven months. I took time off school, still technically full time, but took time off. And then I was supposed to be, get invited back for an internship the following year, but they basically said, "Nah, fam." And they're like, yeah. <laughs> which is like I said, I can laugh about it now, and I still don't yeah. know what this means. But they're like. You were recommended, but not highly recommended to, yeah, I, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Still don't know what that means at all. So I was like, okay, so was everyone that got offers like highly recommended and you just like cut, cut it right there? Oh man. And then another time where I had an internship and I was going to supposed to be full time. And then, cause usually that's like, it was right before it was like the semester fall was going to graduate and they're like, okay. All the, they usually use their interns to funnel the full time. They have 40 interns, 40 spots. And then at the end of the summer, they're like, we got 20 spots for 40 <laughs> interns. And then I, I was like, all right, here we go again. And so I did get a spot, had to work through and figure it out. So those, so those two situations happened a few, probably the three, three to four years before. So those I could build on those situations to figure out, okay, even if it doesn't happen the way I see it happening, it's still gonna work out. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's huge for sure. Mm -hmm. But tell me well what you usually speak on. I, I think I I wanna say it, it's leadership from what I read in the book, but talk talk to me about what you usually speak on or what you used to speak on. Yeah. 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 So I really um I use that book as like a, a tool and kind of like a guideline. Um, but my biggest thing is just, uh, I think failure is kind mm -hmm. of the, if I had to sum it up in one word, which is kind of like, what? Failure? <laughs> Why would you talk about that? <laughs> um, but like I said earlier, like just learning how to fail in a successful way. Mm -hmm. And um, I consider myself an expert in failure. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just, um, just failing like over and over, but like overcoming that and like keep going and keep trying again. Um, that's kind of like the overall topic because I think people give up too early, um, mm -hmm. too often too. So, okay. it, you know, they'll try one or two times and it's like, all right, it's not for me. But mm -hmm. um, there's stuff I've done multiple times, like 10, 12 times. <laughs> um, and 
finally made it. But yeah. I just imagine how I would have felt if I gave up after like the sixth or the eighth time doing it. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's the big thing is how to fail in a successful way, which I I might have a podcast on my own uh, of just that topic alone. <laughs> I might try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Oh, that that's really cool. I I like how you put failing successfully. That's because when when you first when I first think of that, I'm like, what do you mean failed like task failed successfully? Like, 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 like what are you talking about? But when you you broke it down, it's it's just the the mindset of not letting your failures limit you from your successes. So I think that's really cool. Right. Absolutely. Tell the the listeners how they can get your book. Yeah, so um, you can do it a few ways. Uh, one would just be straight through my website. It's going to be ryanhimmel.com. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Himmel, H-I-M-M-E-L.com. You can go on there, purchase it for $12. It'll come straight to your house. And another way is you could just message me on um, Instagram. would probably be the best, but that's just ryanhimmel5. Um, find me on there, message me, and uh, I'll find a way to, to get you a copy. Nice, nice. I love it. So, any any parting words for the audience? Words, anything that you've learned, or you just want them to take away from this conversation? Man, I think I think we we kept going back to it, which I don't know if we planned it to go this route necessarily, <laughs> but um, just don't give up. Like, don't don't let the first, second, third, fourth attempt, you know. Uh, destroy you or you know get you down but just get back up and keep trying again like when you drop the ball when i drop the ball like literally (laughs) people ask me all the time like what do you do when you like what happens if you drop it i pick it back up like Mm. it's just kind of as simple as that um but just pick it back up and, and keep keep pushing forward i like it i like it so you heard it here when you drop the ball, when things don't go the way you plan, all you have to do is pick it back up. Never too late. You're never too far gone. Success is in your future. Ryan, thanks for the conversation. I know you're a busy man. We talked a little bit about what you do. I know you have a lot of other stuff you do as well that we didn't get quite into. I really like this way this conversation went. Super excited you're able to make it on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Uh thankful for the opportunity most definitely well until next time thank you for listening to the incredible paul podcast with paul Ferranbi. we hope you enjoyed be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform we'll see you here next time and be incredible incredible, incredible.